We make it work. It's a little yeah. probably weird in the bus, but it's fine. Yeah, it's it's totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Andy's I'm, in the back again. I slide my curtains. <laughs> like, what are you wearing? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you gotta bring up our fight. I mean, I'm usually right, but that's cool. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Never, no way. Let's go back. Don't share that story. Hang on, did I go too fast? You just jumped to purpose, which is you. You're what a visionary. I see your I'm connection a- here. <laughs> Love or work. Welcome to the Love or Work podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. Oh, we have a fun one today. It's a spicy one today. Spicy? Yeah. Oh. I think they bring it. Yeah, and spicy. They raise the temperature just a little bit more. It's going to get hot in here. <laughs> I'm excited. This is the first time we've recorded in our new studio. Yes, we are here at the new Plywood Place. Yes. And we have a dedicated podcast room. Just for this reason, to bring you the best content that we possibly can around love and work and all the spicy things. Yes. So today we have Andy Minio and his wife, Christina. And Andy is a hip hop artist and he is also has a great brand called Minor League. Yeah. Did I just say hip, <laughs> a hippity to the hip hop artist? Oh my, wow. That you was, it. he really you took us back to the Sugar Hill gang. I didn't even know that you knew who that was. I'm with it. I'm with it. Wow. Okay. Well, this is, this is good. The minor league is really, really I good. I can't believe you did that to me. Yeah. There's a moment in this podcast where I brought up some fun things with Andre and Andy, which is awesome. But I want you to listen for three things. First of all, we're going to talk about zip lines. Yep. Number that's a good story. Th- yes. Number two, we're going to talk about sex and work. Yes. What? Sex and Let's work. Do it. Oh my goodness. And number three, honestly, I got a little embarrassed in this one about the sex and work, but man, she brought the heat. Yes. Uh, and number three, don't be a coach. Do not be a coach to your partner. There we go. Let's do it. This is Andy and Christina Minio. Okay. There's always two versions. Always the truth. two versions. <laughs> That's right. When she fell madly in love with me, ah, <laughs> I fell madly in love with her. Those are the two versions. All right. Well, long story short, uh, we had actually, it's funny, we had mutual friends from like a college campus group that we were a part of. And there was an, an event one week when we all got together. And I was like, yo, that girl's cute. Introduce me. Uh, Steven introduced me and he walked up. He was like, Hey, Christina, this is Andy. Christina turned around from playing Frisbee or whatever she was doing. She goes, hi. And turns around and just continued to do what she's doing. Zero interest. This was 2009. Yeah. This was like way before fast forward, like a couple years later, I'm at like an event and, um, she ends up being in the back afterwards. And, uh, we all end up going to hang out to have dinner and Christina insists that I invited myself to this hangout of fr- That's mutual friends. That's a thousand percent how it happened. <laughs> yeah, I had like, three plans with these friends and then Andy comes over. Well, why don't you tell him what happened and I'm in like, the show I'm from like, the front? Where are we going? No. Oh, and no. during the show, I was actually a concert and, uh, she so didn't you, want to be there. Rapping? I'm rapping. Yes. Okay. Okay. I so was there with my youth stage. group. Yeah. She, okay. She, okay. Yeah. So she was there with a, with a group of kids that wanted to be there. She didn't want to be there. Okay. So, so I was but. sitting down and just being like, we'll let them have fun. I had had a long day of like work and I was sitting down. And I called them out, called her out from the front. I was like, oh. who are these dorks in the back sitting down? And I her, made everyone his turn His exact around. words were, you two think you're too pretty to stand up? Is that what it is? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know who this guy thinks he is yeah so anyways after the show <laughs> you literally in the middle of the oh yeah performance like yes. called them out it was like people sitting down at a rap concert oh i was like what's goodness. going on and it was also me being funny whatever sorry did that's you what he calls flirting i don't know you know so anyways we all go out we eat that night um and then afterwards, I was like, hey, this was cool hanging out with you. Do you want to hang out again? And she was like, sure. So she gives me her number. Uh, and then. Well, my sister says I gave you my Facebook, not my oh, number. Facebook. Your sister is full of it because no, I had not. your telephone she's a number. She's third party that is. <laughs> she's a yes. <laughs> bad resource. At the long story short, we hung out a couple times and I just wasn't feeling it. Christina oh. was an introvert. 
And I'm like Still super am. extroverted. Yeah. <laughs> Still am. That <laughs> was. Yeah. Christina's an introvert. And we hung out a few times and I'm just expecting like conversations going to flow and we're going to be all into it. And she was just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I was like, give awkward. me something. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just, I, I hit her up after like second time we hung or third time. And I was just like, so let's just be friends because I just don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. But we were genuinely like, it wasn't anything crazy. We were just kind of hanging out and some interest. And I felt like he wanted all the intimate parts of me and I didn't know who he was. So he like wanted to know mm. my secrets and I was like, right, I like, just met you last week. I You're didn't not gonna ask get for no secrets. I asked for, you know, your five favorite breakfast cereals and she's like, no. I'm not telling you. But just like You wanted very... a lot and I was like, bro, I just met you. Unless we're like going into something serious, we just need time. Yeah, yeah. So were you actually into him though? Like in that I season? was interested. He won me over in okay. that dinner because he yeah. was super charming and funny and I was like okay <laughs> we'll see yeah. where this goes right yeah. so you're kind of slowly kind of yes. going I'm gonna open up to him slowly yeah, yeah. so then you ended so, it so we ended it and then uh I was just like but yeah she was cool and she, she thought I was cool and we were I was just like let's be friends now a lot of people say like they want to be friends but they end up really just be dating and call it friendship mm -hmm. like it mm -hmm. actually was friendship to the to the degree that like I would see her periodically, like at a party, be like, oh, hey, what's up? And we'd catch up and talk a little bit and then move on. Or mm. if I was in this, like one time I went down to go meet this chiropractor and it was in the same neighborhood that she was in. And I was like, oh, I'm doing this thing. Do you want to get lunch after? Ate lunch. She was dating someone else. You know, it was like truly on some friendship mm -hmm. tip. Yeah. And casual and just like, yeah. Very mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah, there was no texting and calling. Like none of that was going on. It was just like, Seeing her from a distance uh, every once in a while from, you know, so random meetup. So then I started dating a girl and um, Christina was also dating somebody mm -hmm. at the same time. And I think from my dating experience, I was just like, I remember being with this girl and being like, why does this girl act this way? Like, why would you do this? Mm -hmm. And then it just made me think like, Christina would never do this. And I just, through dating other people, I kind of realized, like, wow, Christina's awesome, actually. And I had this moment on a plane where I was, the plane oh, yeah. was getting ready to take off, and I just randomly called Christina. And Christina's like, uh, hello? We're still friends at this point. Right. I'm still dating somebody else. Yeah. And I pick up, and I'm like, hello? And he's like, I just want to tell you how great you are. And I remember taking the phone away from my face and looking at it and being like, <laughs> What? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you're like a kind person and you're nice to people and you're smart and you like you're a good person. And I was like, I just realized that and you're awesome. That's it. My plane's taking off. Bye. <laughs> and you're like, what is this? Yeah, what is, I yeah. was like, I don't know what that was. We're just going to move on. I'm going to go to Zumba <laughs> class and everything's good. I'm going fine. to Zumba. <laughs> but it was me starting to realize like, wait, Christina's way doper than I thought it was. And I think if we had tried to date at the beginning, right. you come in with all that expectation and pressure. Mm. Uh, but friendship was actually like, you get to kind of see someone living out their life, how they behave with their friends, how they do their things. And that's what kind of turned me on even more so. So then we officially... Yeah, well, the relationship that I was in, I felt like we both kind of knew that it wasn't going to go anywhere. We were mm. just in it because we'd rather be in it than be alone, I think. Mm -hmm. So I ended up ending that relationship anyway because I was like, this is just like, what are we doing here? We need to mm -hmm. just end this. Yeah. And then Andy came like full speed ahead. He put a, he was he, at that yeah. point. I know he, he was like, yeah. he's like, I'm in, I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm in. We dated for six months, six month anniversary. I proposed four months later. We got married. Yeah, awesome. and here so, we are, five years later. Five years know, later, five years. and we love it. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, though, we do love it. I mean, when I told people I was getting married, they were like, "Sorry, man." Oh, you know, uh, it was like yeah. very negative. It was like, "Wow, see you in therapy, man." Yeah, it was like, yeah. "Wow, thanks." So, it was like, like one person was excited, and it's been none of that mm -hmm. for us. It's been none of the mm -hmm. year one. Yeah, oh, it's year three is the worst. It's mm -hmm. yeah, so, and I and what I realized is like, oh. Whoever you get advice from, they read their crap into you. Right. Mm. So it's like, oh, you had a terrible third year, so you think that's like prescriptive. And it's like, no, you're just right. You're going yeah. through crap. So, so you've been married for five years. What have you learned about yourself that you didn't know about yourself through marriage? 
I feel like I'm a completely different person. I feel like both of us have evolved because we're so opposites on so many levels mm. and it's rubbed off on each other. Yeah. I'm a white, straight, heterosexual male and right. I married a Puerto Rican uh, from the Bronx and yep. she's woke and dope. <laughs> and uh, I think I just learned a lot about what that meant, you know, and like some, I was just, you know, through our relationship and conversations, Christina has helped me see a lot of things I never would have been able to see about myself. Um, the privilege that I carry, you know, she's helped me see and understand some of those things in, in new ways. And yeah, I attribute the biggest amount of growth in the last five years and who I am and who I've become to my wife for sure. Mm. Now you knew he was a rapper. Yeah. And traveling tours, all of this before y'all got married and knew that that was going to be your life in a sense. Yeah. Right. Like, so you knew what you signed up for. Was it what you expected? Did you think it was going to be great? And then you're like, wait a minute. I didn't know. And do you sit down in the back of the show? You like, you don't, or do you stand up now during shows? (laughs) That's a good question. Are you a fan now? (laughs) No. Um, Yeah. How's it been in that? Like really feeling a lot more of what it is. I think Andy's career was one of the biggest things I had to get over when dating him. Hmm. Because I didn't know anybody that lived this life. I had other plans. I actually had plans to go into the Peace Corps while we started dating. Um, Like it was application time. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. I was ready to go. Travel. Get out of here. So the thought of dating someone who was in the music industry and actively touring was very scary. Because I knew that my whole life was going to change. And I think... I knew what I was getting into theoretically, but not really because I didn't have an example. So I kind of knew from just being his friend and seeing his travel schedule, but I didn't know the full extent that that would affect me. And I think I'm still five years in realizing the different things that that means for me and my own expectations of life. So, And rappers don't have a great... uh Marriage retention rate. Marriage retention rate. (laughs) In general. So she was also like... That's not really what they're known for. Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, So I do stand up in shows. (laughs) And I do scream for him. You do? I think he just... He makes me so proud. And Andy is a genuine performer. So Mm. I just think it's exciting to see him up there. Because it's like such crazy energy. It's really great. Thanks, babe. (laughs) And how has it felt for you now as you've been trying to kind of, I mean, we've had conversations about this of, you know, Andy's doing this career, you know, what am I going to do? What, what is my purpose and what is my calling? How has that been figuring that out for you? I think that's been the toughest part of our whole marriage. Um, because Andy has the opposite schedule of everyone else. So even today's Monday and we didn't get here till like two o'clock because we were on tour Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is usually how it goes. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is like off for us, but everybody else is working. Mm -hmm. So I got my degree in sociology and I had plans to just go into like the corporate world or maybe even social work, and that's a very in-person, nine-to-five job. Mm. So I think it took me years to reorient my expectations. And really, I think it was only until about last year because I would still try to find a way to work a nine-to-five. And I even went and got my hair license, my cosmetology license, because I was like, oh, that's flexible enough, but you still have to show up in person. And that still proved to be, like, too much. Mm. So... I feel like I've been put in a position to almost be like forced to be an entrepreneur to think outside of the box because Mm -hmm. I really have no other option. And I just, um, I have desires to have my own thing and I'm not Mm -hmm. one to like just stay Mm -hmm. behind or like just wait for Andy. So we've, yeah, all these years have been exploring. conversations. Yeah. 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 And as someone that cares about her, you're trying to engage that, Andy. Right. So how does that, I mean, because there's probably listeners right now that are in the midst of that tension, right? Like, 
How do you try to encourage her in the midst of trying to figure that out? Yeah. Well, one thing I've learned is like, I can't be, it's a bad idea for anybody in a marriage to try to be the other person's like coach, you know, (laughs) or like offer advice. You kind of just kind of got to be a friend and say things that you think are true and could be helpful because they never listen anyways. (laughs) And so (laughs) you just need to wait for some absolute random person in the street to come up and say the exact thing you said. And then they'll be like, wow. Oh my God. And you're like, yeah, cool. Um, one I've been time, saying that for like six months, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One time we went zip lining, terrible idea. And uh, Christina was like, she, you know, she didn't want to go zip lining. And I was like, oh my God. When we first got married, I thought she was going to be all adventurous and stuff. And she's like, I don't do this. And I was like, wait, I thought we we're best friends. I thought we we're going to do everything and go zip lining and hike, you know. I just like and the she's, ground. She's I like, can like we just ground. go for a walk? And I'm like, oh, my world was like falling apart because I thought the we were going to do all these things. Yeah. And it's like, no, for the rest of my life, me and my best friend, we're not going to do these things. And now I'm like, oh, I'll just go do that with my boys. We go do something else. It's fine. But it was like an existential crisis at first. But <laughs> she was like, all right, fine. Let's go zip lining. It's like this mini course of zip lining. And we show up. It's the baby course. Yeah, it's, it's like we're like five like feet off the ground. It's like the kid and, version. And everybody goes across. And then Christina, she's got her little helmet on. And and the lady, the Brazilian lady, she's like, okay, let's go, go. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't go. Like, she's having a meltdown. And I'm trying to say, babe, like, I'm like, I'm your husband, right? I'm here. Of course, I'm going to talk. Babe, just listen. It's in your mind. If you just let it go, have fun. Even if you fell, <laughs> you'd fall five feet. I'm trying to. Christina's and Christina up. is like, get away from me. Don't talk Stop. to me. Don't Some random me. person, literally. <laughs> That she's never met before was like, it's all right. You could do it. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you think? And I was like, what the hell? Who is this person? Who is this yeah. person and why are you listening to her and uh, not me? And so that's become a metaphor in a lot of ways for, I, yeah. I've tried to say things, but it's usually other people that will, will give the stronger push. And the moral of the story is I never did that zip line. She I never did, did not a zip take line. one step off of that platform. We took our helmets off and Which walked down. Which is what she told you and they refunded from us the, the beginning. <laughs> We yeah. Just so yeah. we have we have a zipline story. Too. Do you? Yeah. Oh boy. We were in Nicaragua, and I don't speak Spanish. Like I, I can get by. Like yeah. I can kind of figure it out. Yeah. But we signed up for the zipline thing, and the guys that were that were running it only spoke Spanish. They were speaking crazy fast, and so they would explain to Andre everything that was happening, so that she could translate to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But they'd explain it and then be like, go, go, vamos, and then like push me off, you yeah. know, and then I would just go. Meanwhile, just back there and I never translated. I'm like, what's word. happening? Like they would just like <laughs> clip me in and just push me. Oh I'm like my God. going backwards, upside down, <laughs> yeah, super mad. Nice. I'm like, oh my God. He was fantastic. so stressed out. He's like, I never heard one spoken English word. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you and I'll hang, we'll, yeah. we'll hang on the hang zip line. I'll hold anyway. the coffees. I'll hold everybody's uh, bag. I'm straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyways, all I was saying was I've tried to in in ways be an encouragement, and sometimes it's actually worked. Like I remember the the reason why she went into hair at one point was because she was like, I don't know what I want to do, and I was like, Babe, you lay in bed next to me every single night and watch an hour of YouTube tutorials <laughs> on hair and make. Why don't you do that? And she was like, I never even thought I could. I thought you know, and so that was one moment when it was like an aha moment for us, but um. We also had an interesting argument over Christmas. So shout out to Curated, the cards. (laughs) (laughs) Uncurated. Uncurated. Which you guys have helped. Wow, Shireni's getting a shout out. That's good. You helped get them, you know, up and running with plywood. And um, yeah, with this card deck, it's meant, it said small talk sucks is like their tagline. And it's meant to help get meaningful conversations going. And I think the question was like, what? If you didn't have insecurity, like, how would you live your life? Or, like, Mm. what would be the difference? And I remember Christina was just like, if I was paying all my own bills and if I was just, like, basically running it all myself, then I'd feel way more confident. And so I'm like, huh, okay. (laughs) Then I'm like, all right. So we get in the car and as soon as we close, all right, bye, everybody. What the hell was that about? (laughs) What? We've never talked about this. You're like, And I'm like, and so we had this interesting convo 
where I was like, okay, how about this? Because I'm, I'm the one making the money right now because my career was moving everything when we got married. But I was like, oh, so how about this? How about we just completely remove all of my funding for, you know, from, I almost, I was almost like testing. I was like, so what if you just had to completely pay for everything yourself? Cause apparently that's what would make you feel better. Right. And she was like, yeah, she's like, maybe I could just I'm go get a, her on. <laughs> no, but she was genuinely she was like excited. It. She was yeah. like, yeah, maybe I could go work at a car wash. No, I didn't say that. She, huh? she was like the, anything, the most, yeah. anything. She was just like, then I could. And she went into this survival mode. And as we were talking, I realized like, oh my God, all you've known your whole life is how to live in survival mode. And that's actually comfort for you. Mm. It's the known. It's, it's the known, known. It's familiar. Yeah. And it's familiar. And I kind of had said it kind of jokingly, like, so let's paint a scenario. Mm. And she got all juiced up about it. She was mm. like, yeah. And then we could downsize and just live on. And I was like, wait, what? This <laughs> is <laughs> backfiring. But it was a super interesting moment for us to realize, like, another thing about yeah. each other is, like, it's actually hard to have things and to receive gifts or support because our our need to provide and, and you know, contribute that feeling inside of us to be important also is always at war. Mm. So and I think it comes back to your family of origin, right? Yeah. And like mm -hmm. your upbringing yeah. and really what was normal in a sense to you, yep. which, you know, the rest of the world, that's not normal. But yeah, I mean, you can talk about that a little if you want to. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about like stuff's got to get paid and we never thought about work. Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? You only ask that to like kids who are younger when, as you get older, it's like what pays, too, yeah. right? Like it's a yeah. privileged question, right? Yeah. Like you have all the resources already, so then dream about whatever you want, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Versus like we got the lights yeah. next week. Yeah, that if I don't work this job, that's not going to get done. Yeah, and we're not going to have lights. Yeah, so it's a different way yeah. of thinking, right? So being married to Andy and not having to struggle like that actually did like an emotional number to me because. Andy was like, what do you want to do? Now you have this opportunity that people long for. And I'm like, I don't know. My brain doesn't know mm -hmm. how to exist in this world. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I still I still feel like I don't. Yeah. I'm still learning. To be driven by your passions instead of need. a need for provision. Yeah. Which, which your whole life has been passion. driven by passion. Yeah, right? I'm just like passion. I love this. I love that. I'm going to yeah. do it. And then. I got into it young enough where I could fail and all those things and it wouldn't make a financial difference. Mm -hmm. And then it worked out. Right. So all I've known is surviving by my mm -hmm. passions. And Christina is like, I worked my way through college and helped my parents pay bills. And all I know is like work and mm -hmm. go to mm -hmm. school. Yeah. Like no one asked me like, because there's also a level of like, you have to develop hobbies and stuff. Right. Right. So, so in the time one time, when you, Andy asked me, "What did you do for hobbies in high school?" And I was like, "In high school, I was already working. Like, mm -hmm. I went to school and then I went to work. And She's then like, my I only hobby Panera was bread. to hang with my family. That's mm -hmm. like any spare time you had left is to be with them." Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's let so me, hard. Yeah. To let know me switch. What you like to do switch the conversation a little bit because you know we were talking with Andy about how he's trying to encourage you in this season yeah but i want to flip it and say like he's in the middle of writing it's not you know he you want to make the greatest album that you possibly can mm -hmm. i'm sure there's times you, it's not coming out as easy as you wish it would i'm curious how how do you kind of handle that as a as a partner in life seeing like the tensions of bringing something into creation yeah yeah how do you kind of encourage him in the midst of that that's a good question i like I think being married to him, I see him obviously more intimately than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I genuinely believe in this man. Like, I think he is so incredibly intelligent. And I just think not failing, but like that kind of clogged thinking, that moment is just part of the process. So sometimes he'll get frustrated and I'm like, it's okay because I know that it's going to come because... That's all that's ever come out of him. And I feel like that's all that will ever come out of him. Um, so mm -hmm. just kind of being the soundboard and reminding him that when he just has a lot of thoughts and expectations that are crushing him in that moment. And I think that's good 
for me to get to see that in my own journey of trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are how do you get unstuck, Andy? How, when you're in a creative just rut, what are you? Um, what What are some things? It's an easy question, right? Mm-hmm. How yeah. are you? How do you, you? Just keep trying stuff. Yeah. Are you, you know. do you look for inspiration? Do you try to get outside your world? Like I try to go have sex first. Ah! <laughs> that's that always, yeah, it just gets all the juices flowing. I am the key. That unlocks yeah. it. <laughs> um, uh, that, um, and then, you know, I'll have like a bunch of songs in the clip that need working on or writing or, so I'll just jump to another song mm-hmm. if something gets stuck. Um, then I'll start trying different techniques, like uh, bring like little toys to the studio or mm. like step out and try playing hot shot hoops or something and like do that. Like and, takes your mind off. Yeah, of, try to like, take my mind somewhere else. Um, honestly, I don't understand what this is, but I need to bottle it somehow. But I unlock some creativity for some reason when I'm on the toilet. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's like in the bathroom because I think you're – in like a state of like relaxation and kind of just like yeah. Jeff is the shower showers yeah, yeah for me shower mm-hmm. always something happens I don't know what it is but um yeah I just keep trying stuff and then sometimes you got no one to walk away watch a movie chill do something else yeah. yeah well we've talked about this a lot I mean well you definitely brought up sex so I feel like we should definitely go there right I mean we should go there right? yeah let's oh let's I see what you did there I see that so how does you've said how sex helps you with your work is that true for both sex of you? helps with everything yeah let's talk about that every day should begin and end <laughs> oh my God. before you wash the dishes maybe some sex it's a nice gift <laughs> Christine, I know for you, like we've been in conversations around this topic and how it's important to your relationship, but also like to your journey and your story. Um, Share what this is, not not just about sex, but like understanding who you are in the midst of that conversation. Yeah. So I think, I mean, just me personally, I don't know if this would be true for other people or other females, but not being able to hold down your own job leaves you very vulnerable and sometimes Mm -hmm. insecure. So sex plays a role in that for sure, because I think when Andy and I have a great relationship and we're friends first, like in the way that we met, we were just friends for so many years that we truly enjoy each other. And this is just a safe space. Hmm. Um, So during sex, making it safe for each other, but also being open to try new things, I think builds more intimacy and gives me more confidence to be like, oh, you can try new things and they can either go horribly wrong or really right. And it's okay. You're loved either way. And you just keep going. See, most people don't have that freedom in their relationship though. I think that's probably things we've noticed in conversations with people. It's like, even in the, it's supposed to be the most intimate relationship you have. Right. Yeah. But yet they're not truly being honest with one another about desires they have, about um, dreams they have related to sexual experiences in some way. And it just becomes this awkward thing because one thing went bad and they never wanted to try something again. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's hard. Uh, They could be coming from different backgrounds, different sexual experiences, different Mm -hmm. cultural norms, like expectations, all those things. So it's hard to prescribe. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because each in each individual couple is like such a unique concoction. Right. Yeah. You, know, you don't know what you're getting in that bag. I would imagine, but, though, that social pressures and expectations have mm-hmm. a lot to do with that. Like mm-hmm. what is supposed to happen in the bedroom or maybe what role like the male is supposed to play or the female or one partner over another. And I don't know. Like I think another thing that comes out of Andy's job and his way of thinking is that he is actively trying to come up with things in his own mind and be creative and not being like, Andy has never asked the question, what am I supposed to do? Like ever. Mm-hmm. I think in anything. He dresses uniquely on his own. He makes his own rules. He And it works out for the world mm-hmm. better, I think. Um, but I think we've taken that on in the bedroom. Like 
not what are we supposed to do, but what do we as two individuals want to do? Mm -hmm. And what can we do and what either experience or lack of experience do we have? Mm -hmm. I think that's a practice that maybe I'm just realizing now that we try to actively explore and try new things. Mm -hmm. And try to counter like what other people's expectations are. Yeah. 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 I know that we've talked before a lot about like sexiness and what makes a woman sexy. I love your, what you have taught me about that. I think TV and porn and a lot of the media have taught us that sexiness is supposed to be a certain body type. But I think in reality, sexiness is confidence. And I think specifically for women, a lot of them can feel insecure about their bodies or maybe they don't fit this certain body type. Um, But I just have a feeling that if you were to put on this outfit and take your man and be like, we're going to do this. I have this outfit. Come to the room right now. I just think that he would react differently. And I think sexiness is more about how you feel about yourself than it is about what someone says you look like. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, yeah. Did you hear that? Did, honey, I'm gonna, are I'm you snapping right now? Uh, it's good. Yeah, you need to put the applause effect on. <laughs> so then, how it. do you two stay connected when you're always on the road? Yeah, when you're gone? separate. Like, how does that work for you two? I actually think that being on the road is helpful for that area in our life because there's like separation so we long for each other Mm. as opposed to us being always together and then you can kind of get into a routine and i feel like there's no space for the longing yeah Mm. i was gonna say traveling actually makes coming home like a lot of fun Mm -hmm. because she's either like ramped up or i am or it's like oh my gosh i haven't touched a female in two weeks you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying yeah um and there's usually texts involved yeah, it's like it's like on the way home like from the you're airport. Talking about it. Yeah, yeah she's sending yeah. donut uh, memes, <laughs> and eggplant just, emojis, uh, plant, <laughs> eggplant emojis, and all that stuff's going on. It's like, uh. so it makes it. It actually makes it fun. Like, yeah. So yeah. recommendation: separate from your spouse for two weeks. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Jeff is like, no. Like, maybe no. two. No. Maybe two days. But right. Yeah. Gotta, no, I, I would say that does help, though. And, yeah, and, and I, I think another thing is that um, when, if I know that he's coming home, I try to, like, prep in different ways. So sometimes I will even go and buy an outfit. Mm-hmm. But when I buy an outfit, I only think about what makes me feel good about what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Because if I feel good, I know that he's going to be excited about it no matter what. Yes. I love it. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, that's consistent with some things that we do. We I don't think we've really shared this on the podcast before, but just the idea that if I'm traveling or you know we're going to be separated, this is the case with you traveling too. It's like, hey, we need to be together before we leave, and we need to be together when we get back. And there's something about mm-hmm. that connecting um, part where sex brings us closer together, even when we're further apart. So I appreciate hearing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think phone sex is great. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> We make it work. It's a little yeah. probably weird in the bus, but it's fine. Yeah, it's cool. Totally we gotta- <laughs> yeah, Andy's I'm, in the back again. I slide and- my curtains. <laughs> like, wh- what are you wearing? <laughs> so safety in a relationship is really important. Yes. And you feel like this is a safe relationship. Yeah. So when it gets to a safe place, you can take it to different places, right? Yes. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. So I think after listening to the podcast with... Lori Watson. She's super helpful in understanding how females orgasm different than males. Yes. And I think especially in a monogamous relationship, exploring, especially a heterosexual relationship, like exploring what excites the female and what gets her to orgasm is super important. And I think in some conservative circles, there might be these ideas of there's only like one way or one purpose to have sex. And that's mm-hmm. like missionary position and it's to make babies mm-hmm. <laughs> and, or it's like just to satisfy the man. But I yes. think it's so important for females to advocate for themselves and get to know themselves and be like, this is what makes me feel good. And even if you don't know right now, but be willing to try 
and be like, let's try this and let's try that. Or I like this. I didn't like that too much. Or, And even for their partner to be excited about that. One thing that's amazing about Andy is that he's always like, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's mm-hmm. read this book or let's try this toy or let's try this vibrator and let's see how it goes. And sometimes it could be really awesome and other times it's gone horribly wrong and we just end up like crying horribly wrong (laughs) there's been times that we've ended up like crying because we were laughing so hard like we can't believe that we got into this yeah yeah and i think that thinking about love and work and even sex and work we can't ask women to break glass ceilings at work and they can't even advocate for themselves in their own bedroom wow (laughs) wow say that Bringing it, bringing it, and you and, and people feel like they can't experience that freedom, right? Right, and that's that's right. a gap, yeah. And I think the confidence that you experience in the bedroom with your own body spills over at work, yeah. And things that you ask for, and projects that you take on, and boundaries that you push. Wow, yeah. that's guys that's and girls. My wife, Christina Minio, <laughs> V proud. Holy smokes. I, you know, and, and I was going to say this, there was a, there was a conversation I just had with a buddy about orgasm with, cause after we were talking about the, your book, you know, in the chapter on sex and then Christina and I were talking about this whole thing and we were like, we don't talk to friends about sex very often. I mean, and I so, do, but okay. <laughs> this is why I love Christina. Yeah. Yes. She's my new uh, friend that we yeah. just talk about sex yeah, with all just, the time. You're just going to know a lot about my personal life. That's okay. <laughs> Your friend you get to talk about eroticism with. Yes, exactly. It well, was I spoke, great. I spoke with a friend who had been with many women, and he's just like, yeah, her orgasming is not like— He's really, now married. He's now married. He's like, the girl's orgasming was never really high on my priority list mm-hmm. in when I was having sex outside of marriage. And I was like, Word? And he's like, yeah, he's like, maybe like once or twice, like a girl, it happened. And it was like, oh, cool. But for the most part, sex was just like this release for him. And then it was like kind of power dynamic thing. And I was like, dang, I always wanted the girl to have an organ. So I think there's like yeah. a spectrum, right? Like one mm-hmm. side is like, oh, I don't care if a girl has an orgasm as long as I get mine. Then the other side of the spectrum is um, the guy feeling like they're a failure if they don't get the girl there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, oh, I'm such a, you know, yeah. what am I, you know? Yeah. And so within the 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 midst of that spectrum, um, I think Christina and I have found it an interesting balance of, mm-hmm. like, there's certain times when we go to engage and she's like, I'll have to ask her, I was like, so are you trying to come along for this ride? Or are you just going to, like, let me do my thing for a second? She's like, I'm tired. Just have fun. (laughs) It's like one of those. Or sometimes she's like, by the amount of, I can tell where Christina is by the amount of things that come out of our sex box. Like the toys. Yeah, Yeah, amount of things that come out. If there's, like, six or seven things that come out. You're like, oh, she's all Oh, we're going someplace (laughs) here. (laughs) If it's just, like, you know, a rag or something that comes out, you're like, all right, it's going to be quick. <laughs> well, I think that's so important. It's like setting up the expectation yeah. almost right at the front end, right? Yeah. Like you talk about that. Like we're going to talk about this right now because yeah. that way nobody's going to be like upset and disappointed in that's this right. engagement, yeah. right? Yeah. That's right. You guys got a it. sex box, right? Of course. A little box. <laughs> of course. Hidden away from everyone with oh, a bunch of stuff. Yes. In the worst <laughs> is when the kids find it. Have they? Uh, oh, no. man. You're well, like, but they will. Because they're going to be nosy <laughs> teenagers soon. Lori Watson also, she has that metaphor that you love, Jeff, about climbing the mountain. The gondola. Yes, gondola. Okay, that men orgasm is like riding well, on a gondola them. and like women are climbing a mountain. And I'm just saying, I just want you to go buy hiking boots and some ropes. I want <laughs> climbing the mountain to be easier and more That's fun. That's right. That's yeah, right. There's plenty of websites that can help you if you don't want to go into a store. <laughs> Hang on. Okay. How about our store, our well, store situation? Yeah. Okay. Hang on. You, what you're saying, some people listening are thinking, there's no way I could try that. They're like, they're just caught in this they're caught in a bubble that says there's only one way to do this, right? Yeah. 
Um, and you, you, you have learned and you're sharing that like, no, you need to experience this freedom because it is going to change who you are and how you live and, and how you connect with each other and also changing how you work. I think that's so powerful. Take your pleasure seriously. Oh yeah. I'm saying that's good. That's a good one. I mean, what are you afraid of? Oh, it's going to feel awesome. Oh, I feel like that's like a. A tagline for some sex it, store. I don't know. <laughs> that tagline has you to like be that? somewhere. We're gonna look that up. Maybe we'll make our own sex story. There you go. Take your pleasure serious. <laughs> well, I think in a lot of relationships too, sometimes the playing field is not even. Like either somebody is more experienced or somebody has different expectations or whatever. And I think when you introduce something that is foreign to both of you, like a toy or a game, it kind of makes everybody equally vulnerable. So it just makes it, yeah, and it creates intimacy because now you have history that maybe they didn't have with somebody else. So it's interesting. I would say this too. Try this. If you're a married couple or you're, you know, in a monogamous relationship, whatever, and you're you're having sex with another person, communication is always like the big thing. That's one that I could say no matter what the relationship is, communication is a big thing because expectations are all inside of there. Try this. Sit down across from the person at dinner or whatever and just be like, this right. happened at a coffee shop for us and made Andre completely really? uncomfortable. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because there's always going to be someone who wants to listen. Like the guy over yeah, at. Uh, they're totally eavesdropping. Yeah. <laughs> I had a guy last night paying attention to us at Bar Taco and I was like, would you go away? <laughs> like, this is like, you're in. You're like, anyways, sit across from the person and just say, like, yo, I promise not to laugh and I promise not to hold any of this against you and just mm-hmm. agree on that together. And then just be like, yo, what has been a sexual fantasy for you, you know, or like if you could do anything, what would you want to try? And I promise I won't laugh. You could tell me, Mm -hmm. you know, just even questions like that Mm -hmm. and opening it up. I bet you there's people who've been married like 20 years and never asked that question. Totally. Mm -hmm. I just, something simple like that, communication and trust. And you're like, all right, well, I'd be down to try that. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, there are cards that you can buy to help you communicate that. And then you read them and you're like, does that sound exciting or does that sound uncomfortable for you? Mm -hmm. And just, Keep yeah. it moving. Yeah. There's a there's actually a I don't know if you guys have had this. I don't know if we've recommended it to you guys or not, but there's a uh, there's an app that the Gottman Institute that you can download for free that has these questions in it. They're called spicy questions. I love it. And it just instigates that conversation. So it's not like I didn't come up with this. I don't look at me. I'm just bringing a, you know, this question to the table. Oh yeah. And it's like, yeah, we can talk about this and yeah. and have fun. And some of the some of the questions you're like, yeah, that's not me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And some of you're like, yeah, I'd be open to that. Are you open to it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and, and the good follow-up going. question always why? Mm-hmm. I would never do that. Why? Why is that? Yeah. You're right? Right. Right. Just opens more trust and yeah, yeah. Then Even I'd have to be vulnerable in front of you. Or, oh. Yeah, you know. Or we're not supposed to do that. That's not decent. And Who I'm like, there's that? no one else here but you and me. Mm. We're 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 good. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and let's go into like, how do you deal with the critics? Mm. I feel like there's in always this, haters. Always haters, mm-hmm. but especially oh, I don't know. I feel for you in this like. Christian sphere, mm-hmm. for some reason, there's a it feels like there's a lot more haters, and maybe that's just because Christians expect these certain moralistic ways or expectations of how things should or shouldn't be done. It just feels even more. I don't know. Maybe it's not, yeah. but it's probably the same all yeah. the way through. But that's how do you deal say. with all these critics? That's what I was going to say. I don't think. I don't think. So basically, I'm. Um, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know about my stuff is basically I'm a hip hop artist. I'm also a Christian. And so I've acquired a lot of fans who are Christians as as well mm-hmm. along the, the journey. And what's interesting about being a Christian and being public about my faith is that now people have assumptions about who you are mm-hmm. and what you should be and all yeah, those things. That's what but I'm anytime, anytime you take any position publicly, people think you should be this or that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was going to say, maybe it seems a little more sad because you would think, you're like, hey, aren't we on the same team? And you would think right. then there's also like yes. this moral bond together yeah. and all that. But the truth is, is like people have phones and they have no filter and they can hide behind a screen. So like mm. whenever that can happen, it's going to happen on every front. Like I've, mm-hmm. I, you know, you speak to 
anybody. Like someone who's running like the Five Guys Burger account. It's like, man, so many haters. You know, it's like, because there's always some idiot who's like, your burger sucks. Wendy's better. So I think the internet has just amplified the ability Mm -hmm. for praise and for criticism. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think any human is meant to experience that much praise or criticism. Like, to the degree that we do. Mm. And so I think it's up to whoever the person receiving any criticism is to determine how much of that stuff they're going to let in their life mm-hmm. and to try to set boundaries around it. Like I've said this before, I think on a, another podcast, but it's like, it could be 1130 watching Netflix with my wife and some dork from like Minneapolis to send like a hater text in my thread and it's made its way into my bed. Mm. Like mm-hmm. while I'm in my boxers next to my wife, you know, and I'm like, Screw this guy, you know. Yeah, and I'm right. like, yeah. how did I let this guy in my house and at it this just time? Changed wow. the whole mm-hmm. atmosphere, right? Right. Yeah, and it's like that's just that's one of the pitfalls of the internet. But there's also a bajillion benefits. So for me, I just try to take neither of them too seriously. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, don't take the praise mm. too much to the head, and then don't take the criticism too much to the heart, and 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 try mm. to have like the people that you actually care about, have them speak in. Mm. Yeah. Cause I yeah. think that's what really matters the most. Like I could go on, uh, Instagram live and play a song and be like, what do you guys think? And everyone's like, great, it's great, it's great, it's great. And now I can come back to my buddy and be like, see, this song is so great. Everyone on Instagram live said it, you know, it's like, you don't know if those people have taste. You don't know if those <laughs> people just are excited to just yeah. be on Instagram live when you were saying things. Right. So, just go to the circle that you trust and let, let that be the thing that forms, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm much more concerned about what my wife thinks about me mm-hmm. than what like Josh Bagash four, seven, eight says, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and how do you feel Christina with this? I mean, I'm sure that there's like a protectiveness that you kind of sometimes feel towards him, Yeah. but how does it, has this impacted you? How do you feel about all this? Um, there's a saying in Spanish that we repeat at home often. Que hablen, que digan, que invente, que yo no vivo con la gente. So it's let them talk, let them speak, let them invent, but I don't live with them. So mm. we value huh. community, and it's like if you're not helping us, if you're not in this house, if you're not cleaning, if you're not cooking, and if you're not in our community, and if we don't know you, it, it just doesn't matter. Like, let them do whatever they're going to do. We're going to mm. do whatever we got to do. Mm. Yeah. That is so good. Solid phrase. I know. Jeff, you gonna repeat that? I no. I I could go bet really bad. It could go really bad. Uh, All right, I'm gonna embarrass Andre a little bit because I just think it's funny. I think it's funny. So the first time we went out with you guys for dinner, uh, this is this shouldn't be on air. This is totally be on air. You can totally cut this. Uh, Andre said so. Andy has like these clothes and stuff and apparel line. Does he know like the last letter is not the same as his name? Like it's Minio, but oh, it's minor. Funny. Like why did <laughs> yeah. he change the name? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I think he I, knows. I, I, know. I think he misspelled it. Massive typo. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was dying. I didn't, that that funny. Funny. Yeah. I didn't know you. So oh, tell yeah. us where that name came from and what that means oh. to you. Yeah, so Minor League is a brand that um, we've built uh, myself and uh, Delgis, my manager. So it's a it's a brand that's also a management company, and um, out of it come a lot of cool creative things. But Minor, it's spelled M I N E R, like a coal miner, you know, and those ways. And so miners uh, are the people who you know they go into dangerous dark areas and they excavate treasure and good for the world and they bring it out. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we believe our job is to to do is to when we create art and we create things is we're mining, we're digging for gold, we're digging for treasure, we're trying to bring it out into the world. And I think sometimes to do that, you have to go into dark, dangerous places, oftentimes in yourself, you know, mm-hmm. to, wow. to deal with, you know, to pull up good things to pull up vulnerability to pull up the things that people really connect with and that make a difference in the music you know and so i think that's been a calling card for the art i've made over the years is that it's been fun and vulnerable which is you know fun because of my personality but vulnerable because that's i I always give you something from my life that's real and um so and then league you know it's kind of a play on words minor league you know Mm -hmm. so um 
league is just a collection of us. There's a group mm. of people that believe that. We live by that kind of code. And mm. um, so that's where minor comes from. That's where you see it on the hats and the merch and stuff. So <laughs> not if you're, a if you're, <laughs> yeah, It's not a misspelling. But it is very close to my last name, Minio. So. Uh, I love it. <laughs> you you me that, that gave me that look. You know that. that. Night plan tonight and the sexy. Outfit. Oh wait, what? Wait a second. That's not going to be on the air. I know you guys have um, shared with us a little bit about kind of your journey, and you and I kind of connected on this, just in related to mental health and um, getting mentors in your life to speak into some. You were just saying like dark places. Um, if the, how has that been a part of your journey, and how do you keep combating that over mm-hmm. the years? Yeah, at, uh, a couple of years ago, I had like a pretty rough mental breakdown. I don't know how else to say it, but mm-hmm. I essentially experienced like intense panic attack, anxiety attack, and like the the uh, the residual effects of it that lasted for like a week after. Mm. And stuff weird stuff was happening. Like a couple of days into it, like I sat down at the the table because I had to go do a show. I came home and like Christina had made breakfast. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, just tears started like f- falling down my eyes. But nothing prompted it. I was like, mm. "Why am I crying?" <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and I and Christina was like, "What's wrong? Are you okay?" I was like, "I don't know." And we started googling, and we found out like that your body can become so stressed that it needs to release in some way, shape or form. And like tears can just be one of the ways your body is like, I need to get this out. Mm -hmm. So I was experiencing some stuff that was brand new to me. Mm. I think in that time is when I realized the importance of friendships. One, like identifying people in your life that are wise, maybe older than you, maybe like really good at, um, like being there for you and guiding you and then invest in those because when it came time to make those phone calls, like I knew who I needed to call to be there for me. And I realized, wow, I'm calling them in a time of need, but I haven't called them in a time of just like celebration or just regular catch up and all that. And I was like, mental note, water those relationships because they're not just they're not just good to do that, but it's also in the times of need you have something to pull from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and then also Christina was um, really helpful in being like, Andy, you should go get therapy. And so I went and I tried two therapists. Like I went to one guy and it was awful. It was a nightmare. And I almost completely threw out therapy altogether because right. I had a bad experience with a therapist. Right. So yeah. I didn't realize it's kind of like, don't, don't throw the baby out. Like try somewhere else. Mm-hmm. First guy I went to was like, Oh man. Yeah. Me and my kids listen to your music all the time. I was like, all right, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, that's not the person. Psychopath. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it happened like, at the end of the session too. So I was like, what the heck? Tried uh, another person. I tried a lady with Christina and the lady for sure hated me. I don't understand what the deal was. And then I found a third person in Tennessee and uh, he's been just an incredible mentor and person for me in my life and uh, has helped me access things going on inside of me emotionally that I just have never realized was there or at least pushed down hard enough that you know remained dormant and unaccessible and so i've become a lot more emotionally aware emotionally healthy and i think when that happens you become better for yourself but you become better also for all the people around you mm-hmm. for your wife your kids your spouse whoever and um yeah i'm like i'm like an evangelist for therapy now mm-hmm. i'm like an emotional health essentially is because i i also feel like so as a christian a lot of the people I'll be around be like, hey, man, pray about it. Or they'll try to spiritualize sometimes an issue that has, you know, like you need to do real personal work as well. inner work that has to be done. Right. And and I'm all for prayer and I'm all for scripture and people encouraging those ways. But there's also an element of it that requires that emotional work as well, knowing yourself and Mm -hmm. knowing God. Those are, Mm -hmm. I think, intertwined. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's why I stand on that stuff. Mental health, love it. I think I think hearing that, you know, the first person you go see, you know, trying to get some advice, trying to get some therapy, trying to get some to address some mental health and emotional health mm-hmm. practices in your own life, or dealing with some of that stuff. Um, it might not be the first person you connect with. You know, I think yeah. that's a really healthy thing to hear. That sometimes it takes a little time to find a person that, you know, you feel a, 
a connection to that you trust yes. that you can honestly talk with this stuff with. Yes. About with. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, hundred percent. People need to hear that because I know people be like, I tried once. I tried. Yeah, yes. you know, and it's like, like yeah. yeah, yeah, and then it's done. Yeah, yeah. Not every therapist you're going to connect with. No, yeah. it took me three, three tries. It's cool. Yeah, but it was life changing when it connected. So. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we've come to the final question. Let's do it. All right. So do you think it is possible to change the world, stay in love, and raise a healthy family? Well, (laughs) I feel like we may not have the same answer that a lot of other people on this podcast have. Mm -hmm. Do it. Bring it. Um, Well, clearly we've been able to stay in love and have like a, and Andy have a flourishing career, but we've, deliberately chosen not to have kids yet mm-hmm. because of that career mm-hmm. and because of the demands of it. And granted, there are other people that do this that make it work. Um, so I think it's, it's like maybe depending on what you want out of life and mm-hmm. depending on what you want your family to look like and what your career is. I think it's, might be easier and this might be like an ignorant statement but it might be easier with a more routine lifestyle but i don't want to be a part-time single mom mm. so so have you guys had open conversations about that like oh, talking every about time it, yeah. all the time yeah. yeah yeah so i also think within that question is essentially a ask about balance mm-hmm. and like is that even a real thing? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it is, honestly. I don't know if there's such thing as living a balanced life um, because I think everything is seasonal. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I have a balanced life. Well, guess what? Now your mom has leukemia and you don't know how long she has yeah. to live. Right. Guess who's not having sex for three months? Right. Guess who's going to be traveling in unexpected hours to go hang out in a ho- you know, in a hotel room across the street from the from the hospital Mm -hmm. for the next six months and you don't know when that's going to end you know like there's no such thing as balance Mm -hmm. because life happens and so there's an attempt at it but i think if you have that in mind as like your end goal you're going to just be wildly disappointed Mm -hmm. and so we have learned to like learn to try to make room for that like all right things are good now but we don't know what's coming around the corner what could happen and um, throwing kids in that mix would also be another massive commitment that we're just not blind to, right? Like, we're aware how much money that would cost. Like, you're going to lose another, mm-hmm. what was it, 30% of your income, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And Uncle Sam's already taken 50, so you just got to... <laughs> that was New York days, not anymore. Yeah. Shout out to Georgia. <laughs> um, and so, like, Christina and I have a conversation, because you're kind of you're kind of conditioned to be like, yeah... You know, marriage, marriage, kids. And then you're like, wait a second. I'm really enjoying my Mm -hmm. career. I'm really enjoying my wife. We really enjoy being able to just travel and go do something like, why do we have to have kids again? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we're even asking the question, do we want to have kids at all? Mm -hmm. Because underneath, or why? Because underneath that question, I'm like, and I'm glad I'm saying it now and it sounds super harsh, but I'm like, hey, I don't want to raise the kids. Like, I don't want to be the stay-at-home dad mm-hmm. and just, like, raise kids. I can say that right now because that's honestly how I Because you don't have any don't kids, have kids right now, right? Yeah. So I can just say it honestly. Like, right. I don't want to do that. And Christina's like, I don't want to be stay-at-home mom. Like, I have no passion for just, like, mm-hmm. raising kids. It's all I've ever wanted to do. I know women like that. Mm-hmm. And men like that. You know, so we're both like, nah. It ain't the life for me. Yeah. And so we're like, so then what do we do? Maybe we just need to chill on this whole right. idea. So that means not now. Not exactly. now. Yeah. Until there'd be a change of heart or, you know. Career, uh, lifestyle, anything. Right. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. condom breaks, whatever. And it's just there's so <laughs> many happen. things happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so right now, no. And I don't know if we can do all those things. I think that's why we, when you ask, can you have a change the world, healthy marriage, and, and raise a family. Yeah. Raise a family. Right now, I'm like, nah. We'll take, we'll take like, two out of three. We'll take two <laughs> out of three. Change the world and be in love, maybe. Raise a family. Yeah. I, I think you got to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. One 
one or the other. Like mm-hmm. things because change. like like listen, like if you start like a business, mm-hmm. you're like, yo, I'm gonna start a business and this business is gonna change the world. You're like, there's for sure gonna be overwork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, and to get anything the off the ground, you have yeah. to overwork. You have to overexert yourself. You have to put in weight because no one else is going to care about your business or your thing or your career more you. than you. Mm-hmm. So how the heck are you going to do that and be like, yeah, I'm going to work nine to five and go home. Right. And that's why Christina had always said to me, she's like, I was totally cool with just working nine to five and go home. Y'all can deal with all of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the nonsense, the paychecks, the dealing with people, like the, take, all that weight on your shoulders. All that weight on your shoulders of carrying a business and all that. You know, when we first got married, she was like, Mm-mm. I saw that happen in my family. People try to be entrepreneurs and they lost mm-hmm. their mind trying mm-hmm. to run it all themselves. And so right now, I just think it's it's a very complex thing. And we're not sure if we could have a family and do it in a healthy way. So that's why we're pause button on it. I like I it. Love it. It's honest yeah. and real. I and mean, we waited eight years before we had kids. Yeah, and so. I wanted to wait longer. Yeah, but we did it happened. wait longer. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze the eggs. Uh, oh, my. Oh, yeah. And now it's time for the breakdown. I hope you're feeling as good as we're feeling after that interview. Wow. It was so good. Yeah, so good. And she did also mention our Lori Watson podcast. And if any of you have not listened to that podcast, it is with our friend who is also a sex therapist, Lori Watson. Go and take a listen to that one. Man, Christina brought a little sexual liberation here to the podcast today. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, when she correlated that idea that if you can't ask for what you want in the bedroom, how are you going to break glass ceilings in the workplace? Wow. Come on. That was... She just needed to keep on preaching. That was quite the correlation. It really was I had never really thought about it quite how she had explained it before. Yes. And I think it also relates to when she was talking about sexiness and it really is just being about confidence in whatever way you look or it doesn't matter your body type, your look, your whatever. It's only about confidence. So it's the same thing, like being confident in the bedroom, asking for what you want, leading to confidence outside of the bedroom in your workplace moving forward. I love it. Yeah, that was spicy. <laughs> you don't have anything. Uh, you're just staying quiet. You're all you're all blushing over here. I'm not. I'm in it. I was I was in it. I was loving it. It was yes. great. I'm 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 thankful that honestly, I'm really thankful that she shared that with us. I think people need to hear that. I need to hear that. You need to hear that, right? Yeah, and I mean we've been in relationship with them for a while and have had like great conversations about this. They were one of the initial readers of our book, our beta readers uh, for our lover work book that's coming. And I mean, just hearing that perspective and really having these like really meaningful conversations around this has helped us. I mean, and has changed and grown and, you know, impacted us. I love, you know, the first time I heard Christina talk about a lot of the stuff, I started thinking, oh, we're adults having adult conversation. Not like, um, we don't have to be embarrassed. No, no, we don't have to be embarrassed. We can actually encourage one another. We can talk about this and it can be natural. It can be, it is part of our life. So why can't it naturally be part of conversation? Yeah. Um, we naturally had this conversation over dinner we the did. other night with them. <laughs> uh, a couple of things that I really resonated with, something Andy said is don't let praise get to your head and don't let criticism get to your heart. Wow. I had not heard it quite like that. And I'm like, that's something to remind myself mm-hmm. in the work that I do to not just, th- that was just an interesting perspective for me. There's always going to be the critics in the stands, looking out and down into the playing field that's not in the game with it, with the blood, sweat, and tears that takes to produce and create and do things and, you know, be vulnerable with your creation and put it out there. Um, They're always going to just be sitting in the stands critiquing. So who... Like, who cares? And then another question that they said that they, uh, Christina said that Andy's never asked is, what am I supposed to do? 
Yeah. I thought it was such a great, like, thinking about how do you... How that do comes you, from such a creative point of view. Such a creative. I mean, he's so out of the box that that... I mean, I think that's my constant question is what am I supposed to do or what should I do? Mm. I mean, I... Like, I, that's not even in his vocabulary. I know, which to me is like a one on the Enneagram and all that. That's like crazy talk almost, you know, but to hear that, it it does open up my lens so much more. The last thing that I, I really stuck with me, and you might have something you want to add to, but um, this idea that they were talking about of the the contrast in how they grew up and the privilege that they had. So this idea that you're driven by your passion versus the need for provision, like looking at all this, um, looking at life from the aspect of passion, like you can dream, you can do whatever you want to do. What do you want to do with your life? What's the dream you have versus... Hey, we have bills that need to be paid, and so we're all going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. I also liked um, just kind of about that idea when they were talking about getting stuck, mm-hmm. and that I think Christina said it, but basically, getting stuck is part of the process, and just reminding him that, like, you know, you probably got stuck on your last, you know, music you tried to produce last time too, but you made it and you mm-hmm. put good stuff out and in keep the world going, yeah. and um, just continuing to remember that. And one of the quotes that I just recently heard that um, just connected with me in the same way is what's in the way is the way. And mm. it just really, I think that is that same idea is like what's in the way of you being stuck is the way through it and is the way that we get through the hard things in life. So. That's awesome. I thought you, when you were started on that whole getting stuck thing, I thought you were going to talk about going to the bathroom as a, you remember he said that like oh. on the toilet is when he has breakthroughs. <laughs> he didn't take it the same way as me, but no, you uh, like that part because you're the shower guy with the ideas in the shower. That's so funny. Um, well, this has been an amazing episode. Go listen to all his music, go stream it right now. Um, support him. He's an incredible person. Uh, check out Minor League. Yes, and get his some brand that's pretty awesome. Yes, uh, this has been another incredible episode of Love or Work. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Christina. Have a great week. This episode was produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions.